Hi Church, thank you for joining me on this another session of Chew on the Word. You know, one of the events that struck all of us in the last couple of weeks was the home going of Ravi Zacharias on the 19th of May. And in a sense, it shook the entire Christian world because it is the passing of another Christian icon. Over the last couple of years, we have seen several of these spiritual giants going home to God. Billy Graham, Brahat Balke, David Pawson, and Ravi Zacharias. And one of the things that gripped me and I want to share this with you, is that as we look at all of these lives, they have lived their lives to the full for the glory of God. I want to share with you today how you and I must be an NIV Christian, not in vain. How we must live our lives, not in vain. What is in vain? In vain means uh, useless, purposeless, functionless, wasted. You know, King Solomon, one of the wisest, if not the wisest man that ever lived and the wealthiest. You know, at the end of his life, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verse 2, he concluded, Vanity of all vanities. All is vanity. And the word he uses, havel, which means a soap bubble. In other words, pop, it's gone. In vain. I don't know about you, my friend. I don't want to live my life that way. I want to share with you today from just one verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Say, let's read beginning from verse 56 to verse 58. Paul concludes, The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, Paul writes, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58 is the verse I want to share with you tonight. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Be steadfast in another version. Let nothing move you. Be immovable. Be immovable. Always abounding, giving yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let us live our lives not in vain, for the Lord. How did Paul come to this conclusion? He says, therefore, therefore, in other words, it's a conclusion. Something must have happened to Paul as he writes the first 57 verses of 1 Corinthians 15. And he now comes to the conclusion, that's how I will live my life, Paul says. And I cannot encourage you. 
Let us live our lives this way. But how did Paul come to this conclusion? Clearly, what he wrote in the preceding 57 verses. The context, the construct, the conviction. And now he concludes. You know, many of you are business people. I'm very sure that in your investments, you quantify, you project your investments now so that in the future, taking into account the risk factors and the market forces, you would want your investment to give a bigger value, right? A bigger return. And when you have done all that, you put your cards on the table, the stake on it, so that your investment now can have a greater value in the future. That's what Paul is saying. This is my conclusion. So what was his context? whole of 1 Corinthians 15 talks about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's his context. How was he so convinced about that? His construct. If you look at it, first of all, he, he, he lays down the case. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, he said, and what I received, I passed on to you that Christ died and was raised again. And then he goes on to talk about the witnesses. 500 people saw Jesus at one time. Uh, he revealed himself to the, the apostles, to James, and so on and so forth. And then to me, he says, I'm the least of all the apostles and Jesus Christ revealed himself to me. We are witnesses of his resurrection. And then from verse 12 to verse 34, he lays down the case. He says that it would be very pitiful for Christians like us if there is no resurrection from the dead. And if Christ had not risen from the dead, then all our preaching, all our living is in vain. We are pitiful, he said. And he goes on to say, if Christ had not been raised from the dead, your faith, my friend, my faith is futile, useless. But he says, praise God. Jesus Christ did rise from the dead. The final enemy, he says, death has been conquered. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Wow, he goes on to say, there is a conviction, there is a construct, and it's true, Jesus Christ is alive. And he goes on to tell us what kind of a resurrection body we will have and goes on to describe what happens when Jesus Christ returns. And then he comes to this glorious conclusion. Praise be to God who gives us a victory in Christ Jesus. Therefore, on the basis of this certitude, this certainty of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I want to live my life this way. My friend, can I encourage you? Let us live our lives like Paul says in verse 58, for the glory of God. How then should we live our lives so that like Ravi Zacharias and all these spiritual giants, our life is not in vain? Three ways. He says in verse 58, therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast, 
on the strength of all the certainty of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to be steadfast. In other words, I will not waver. I will stay the course no matter what. No matter what challenges that lies ahead of me now in the future. No, no, no. Paul says, I want to be steadfast. You know, I, I did my first leaders meeting with my leaders for the first time during this MCO just a couple of weeks ago. And I told them, more than at any time now must we doubt our doubts, believe our beliefs, but never believe your doubts or doubt your beliefs. Can I repeat? Now we must doubt our doubts, believe our beliefs, but never doubt your beliefs or believe your doubts. We must be steadfast. Secondly, Paul says, the way I want to live my life now on the strength and the certainty of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is I want to make a stand. I want to be strong, immovable. In other words, I will not be moved. I want to make a stand in my belief, in my convictions, so that when I live my life, it is anchored on the rock of all ages. Immovable. You heard me share some time ago, or the last week, couple of weeks ago, Psalm 61. When my heart is overwhelmed, the psalmist says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. It is the unshakability of the Olam. Make a stand. Be steadfast. Be immovable. I want to be steadfast. I want to be strong. And thirdly, Paul says, I want to make my life count. The work of my hands, the labor of my work, I want to be successful. Not only materially, but I want to be successful. He says, Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. In other words, Paul says your work is a labor in the Lord. Your work is the Lord's work. And the KJV has the word abounding. Abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, overflow, full, abundance, fruitful, I, I want to make my life count for Jesus. Can I encourage you to do the same? On the strength of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, let us be steadfast. Let us be strong. Let us make a stand. And let us be successful so that our lives will not be in vain. Let me close. I mentioned this before, that Henry II, Shakespeare wrote this play. And in the fifth and final act, at the end of his life, King Henry II said these immortal words. Time. I wasted time. Now time 
waste me. I wasted time. Now time wastes me. My prayer for you and for me, my friend, is that we will not say this at the end of our lives, but instead be like Paul. Be strong. Stand firm. Immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Because we know, we know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know, the words written in the epitaph of Rabbi Zacharias is this. Because he lives, I live. Because he lives, I live. Let's all live for the glory of God. Have a good sleep tonight. So that when you sleep and retire, you get back the strength. So that tomorrow, your work is the Lord's work. You've heard me say this many times. As long as I have a breath in my nostril, as long as I have a calorie of strength left inside of me, I will serve the Lord. Will you join me? Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for this wonderful conclusion of Paul on how he lives his life. That he wants to be steadfast, he wants to be immovable. He wants to be strong. He wants to be steadfast. He wants to be successful, not worldly success, but he wants to have, live his life abounding in the work of the Lord so that his labor in the Lord is not in vain. So Father, I want to pray today, Lord, like Paul who said, I am crucified with Christ. Yet I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Because he lives, I live. So I want to bless every single person today as we sleep and retire for the night. So that when we wake up, hallelujah, Lord, we want to make our lives count for you. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you. We give you back all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful night's sleep. Continue to pray after this, maybe, and rededicate your lives back to God. God bless you.